0: What's new? We're listening. Feel new. We're listening. Feeling sad, feeling my feeling bad. We'll get on this. Oh, yeah. Hello, and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week, we're looking at Season 5, Episode 22, The Life of the Party, in which Fraser and Niles compete for the affections of the same woman at one of their on-teen soirees. Uh, I'm not going to ask you my usual question related to nonsense this week, Steve, because there's a little bit more pressing issues to attend to. It is no in- new information to people listening to this podcast that there's been some pretty cool insights into the new Frasier continuation this week um why don't you just get us up to speed with what we know what we've been kind of sent by paramount out there in the social media channels and is there stuff to be excited about
1: i think there is stuff to be excited about i mean we are now looking at nearly well just under two months until the premiere on paramount plus and i believe in america cbs as well i think they're going to have episodes on a network uh you're looking at the 12th of october 2023 uh, nice. For those listening, obviously right now to a current episode and not on catch up later on in the podcast it is literally <laughs> this year um and i think the uk will have it on paramount plus uk on the 13th of october mm. uh, 2023 so yeah i mean there's some there's some big news going around now obviously there's a trailer out you can find that on youtube uh members of ffc you have probably seen it a lot yeah uh, we had a lot last night i shared it on my um My Instagram page from the desk of Maris Crane, and that's not a plug for me. No, but
0: you should plug it because Uh, it's one of um, the best collated Frasier meme pages out there. I also want to give a shout out to Toss... What's the Twin Peaks and Frasier crossover one? Oh, It's um, called like Toss Salads and Twin Peaks or something, or...
1: Let me find them quickly. Um,
0: well, Steve, have a look for that. It's basically, yeah, Frasier and Twin Peaks crossed together, which are two shows, obviously. Well, obviously, you know I love one of them, but I love Twin Peaks as well. Um, but yeah, it was lovely to hear Kelsey singing the theme tune again. His voice has obviously aged, you know, because he has aged, but it's still got the gravity and the kind of lilt that we associate with, the you know, the good doctor
1: before i pick up on that it's twin peaks and scrambled eggs
0: there we go there we That's go right. but yeah back um, to the uh continuation
1: yeah i mean i i shared that on on my instagram last night and thirty two thousand views later my phone was burning up last night as instagram went absolutely insane over this really? preview, um, trailer i mean like you say kelsey singing The old theme tune with some adapted words is Mm. very interesting. What the theme tune to the new show is gonna be, I have no idea. Um maybe he does keep the same theme, you know, it could be interesting in that way. I know it's been recorded because I have had contact via Instagram, the two guys who wrote the original, and they are involved in the remake's new theme tune. So Mm. whether it's a remake of that as well, I don't know um nothing's been remade you know as in it's come out sort of on social media yet yeah i mean paramount plus and frazier on socials at the moment are going nuts everyone you know that they're, they're posting old stuff they're now posting new clips They've released a few photos. Will I don't know if you've seen the new photos of a few of the sets that have come out? I open.
0: have, yeah. I've seen Nicholas Lindhurst in action. Um, he he actually looks like he belongs in the scene. Um, he, does? he doesn't he doesn't look like, oh my god, it's Nicholas Lyndhurst. He actually looks, you know, and as as we've said, and I know Key's a huge fan of his as well. Um, and I'm sure when when Key's next back on, he'll have some thoughts. But he's a very celebrated British comic actor. Um who was famous in a sitcom about, you know, siblings and, you know, a curmudgeonly father. Um, You know, it makes sense.
1: I have been told off in the past for comparing Only Fools and Horses to Frasier because I said, wasn't it strange that it's two brothers with an elderly relative living with them? And everyone said, no, it's totally different. I went, no, it's an English version. It's two brothers who are constantly fighting together and competing in the world of whatever they're doing um and they've got an elderly relative living to them uh living with them um the obviously thing about the trotters in only falls and horses is they have no money yeah they art. are
0: like complete kind of working class
1: trying to uh, make
0: ends meet and we've got yeah the opposite in frazier uh,
1: yeah i mean nicholas lyndhurst is one thing that gives me a lot of confidence about the new show purely because He's a very talented actor. He's mm. an institution in in comedy in Britain. Obviously, he did Only Fools and Horses for I think was it thirty years, roughly. I mean, there was That's a few breaks. Crazy! Races. It was a long time. It's the eighties right through until possibly the early two thousands. I think there was a good sort of twenty, at least twenty years of it running. Mm. Um, but he also did uh, Goodnight Sweetheart, which yes, um, is an amazing. I know, I
0: know Key's a fan of that. He has talked about yeah. that way I, back
1: on the pod. I'm a huge fan of it. It's a great sitcom. Um, the fact that he's playing a person in the nineties, but also works out by walking down an alleyway. He can time travel back to the, uh, I think it's the second world war. Mm. It's a very, very unique, um, sort of story and, and he's hilarious. I mean, he's just a brilliant actor and I think he's going to lend very much his talents to this show. Um, and obviously he's been friends with Kelsey for a while. I think they worked on a couple of shows on the London stage. Mm. So I've done good. that accent on Broadway, the London stage I'd <laughs> be interested to see whose accent's better um, <laughs> and obviously you've got a new cast, I haven't got all their names I think Freddie's, is it um, someone Cutmore Scott, I can't think of his name is it James Cutmore Scott, I might have mm. that wrong I haven't got them written down um, we obviously have Perry Gilpin coming back as Roz, I think just for one episode and uh, Bibi Newerth is in there as Lilith as a guest as well because Fraser is back in Boston Mm. Um, I mean, all I can say is, listeners, write into us with your thoughts. What do you think about the, you know, the excitement, or, you know, the fear? Of it, yeah, yeah, the fear of it. You know, what's what's coming our way, and and how do you feel about it? Because I'd love to know. Yeah, likewise i'm excited um, I'm, I'm on the fence whether it be good or bad but i'm excited to see what uh what
0: i i feel like a little bit of a of a fraud and like i'm betraying the community in that i don't necessarily feel the excitement but i will check it out and I, I want to be proved wrong completely but i am i do have trepidation and i do worry and i am skeptical but that doesn't mean that i think it's going to be terrible because it could be really good
1: um so oh. we we will see I have high hopes for it, um, and that's the the optimist. That's the glass half full part of me. Mm. Um, the scenes that I've seen, unfortunately for me as a 90s sitcom enthusiast and addict, what I might say, is worried just purely because that environment and that atmosphere has changed. You can see the lighting's very different. The way they make sitcoms now is very, very different to how they made sitcoms in the 90s. The atmosphere mm. is not there in those photos, and hopefully that's just press. Um, yeah. I really hope they recreate that sort of atmosphere that we had at 1901 in his uh, new apartment, which looks a lot smaller. It looks a little bit more cramped. Um, still looks stylish. There's, you know, you've got the baby grand piano there with Kelsey playing it. Um, so hopefully that does bring back some of the charm of 1901. Um, but yeah, let's let's see what October 12th brings.
0: Yes, let's indeed. Um, That's a beautiful segue into this week's episode. But before we get to the review, let's tuck ourselves in to the proverbial trivia corner. Uh, Navigating over to Reddit, I can see some cracking questions await us from MK, Hammy and the boys and the cadre. So let's open question one for you this week, Steve, from our boy, Mischief Knight. Where did Daphne meet the gentleman who stood her up at the bar mitzvah?
1: Don't keep saying bar mitzvah for a start. Um, <laughs> I believe is it supermarket.
0: I'll accept. I've got here the grocery store, but that is literally yeah. they are synonymous. Um, that must be the line delivery, but that is where they met. Uh, brilliant. Question two: Between the scene at the party and the credits, and the credits, we see four of the spots left behind by Martin's hair dye. A fifth is mentioned in the episode but never seen. What's the location of that stain? Of the fifth one? Yes. I did not I did not pay attention to the post-credits. I didn't realise we see more than the one on the wing chair.
1: We see the one on the wing chair, obviously, because Martin's on it. There's one on a lampshade, but obviously we see that. Yeah. The one we don't see... But it's I reference. Of... I can't think of... I think does fraser mention something in the car oh yes he does is it the headrest in the car or something that is
0: absolutely where the mind would go the answer is the ceiling of the bmw Um, which doesn't make sense because martin's hair would not touch the ceiling he's not tall enough
1: I presume, speed bumps.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Um, but it would make so much more sense for to have been the headrest. But if you've already had the wing-back chair there, they need to keep it very Yeah, again. get the gag. <laughs> um, okay, nice multiple-part multiple answer here. During the party, there are a total of five interruptions between Fraser and Niles as they try to court Vicky. Anne, Key, slash Steve, identify all five interruptions. Uh... Hmm. Ros interrupts him.
1: Uh, yes. That'd be the... Because water. she's in labour. The fire in the kitchen interrupts him. Correct. Because you've got the... Is it a serious problem? No, he's always run like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Um, I believe Martin probably interrupts about the hair dye. Martin... Calling well, over from the chair. Martin
0: wanting to go home is one. yeah.
1: Um, Daphne's not there, is she? Who's the other two? I'll
0: give you a clue. Someone you've already mentioned is repeated for one of the two you're missing.
1: Is it Roz again?
0: It's not Roz. (laughs) It must be Martin then. (laughs) It's Martin when he introduces Frasier to Kathy. Um... And later, Martin wanting to go home. So you, you were are looking for one more knife. No, I'm out. It is the unheard phone call that Niles takes, only mentioned by Vicky. No. Um, but that is that's a cracking question, and you did a pretty valiant effort there, Steve. Uh, trivia from Little Bobby Briscoe. God, I love saying that. Which phrase is used more often in this episode, Marty Party or Bar Mitzvah? This is a superb question from our baby. Who says? sorry
1: not who says it which one said more? which
0: phrase is used more often marty party or bar mitzvah i'm gonna say bar mitzvah do you want to have a guess at how many nine <laughs> nine they are both tied no <laughs> at six each a bit of a no trick way. question there No. Um, but they are they are tied and finally from Niall crane when martin and niles are talking at the party where the food is how many candles
1: are there? Niall loves a question, not only numbering something, but candles, he's, I think, is his speciality. He's very
0: good with the, the kind of visual, the visual it's always, questions. It's
1: always candles or colours, isn't it? And
0: it's nice to have that because it means people that regularly tune into the trivia, there's always something they can rely on will test mm. their visual
1: understanding
0: of the episode.
1: It always tests mine. I never think of ever taking notes of anything visual that Nile might pick up on. Either. <laughs> um, sorry, the question is: How many was it? How many candles are? How many
0: candles are visible where they're talking by the food? So presumably they're on the food buffet table. I'm gonna go with three groups of three, nine. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say it. It's just three. It's just three. Oh, there's um, always more than that. <laughs> I know. Presumably they're kind of tall dinner table candles i don't know um but thank you everyone that is everyone from the cadre this week um i don't believe we have any others um and i know hamish is a very very busy man and he's still very much involved in the podcast so i'm just he will want me to say that on his behalf i'm sure he's got you know a lot of stuff on right now um so thank you everyone for getting those questions in over to you I, steve
1: i have two for you this week oh dear in, in the opening scene Martin is looking through his mail, and he says three companies have sent him a different letter. What three pieces of mail does Martin describe as geezer mail?
0: (laughs) Uh, There's the morgue or slash mortuary,
1: I think. Yes. Can you give me the name of it?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, you want the name. Is it
1: like... I will accept mortuary, but if you can give me the name, it's even better.
0: Is it like Willowbrook or... It is Willowbrook Mortuary. Oh,
1: my God,
0: man. That was such a bloody out of nowhere. Um, okay, we've got that. I think one of them is a retirement home. It is. What's the name of it?
1: Is it Shady Acres? It's not. it's Golden Sunset Retirement Village. It's
0: Shady Acres in a different episode? Have I made that Gold,
1: up? Golden Acres, isn't it?
0: I think Shady Acres might actually be from Grand Theft Auto Vice City on a radio commercial. Um, If anyone can join me in a nostalgic trip back to Grand Theft Auto and can validate that, please get in touch. I'm
1: I'm driving. (laughs) I'm a gangster now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can hear hear the ads. Um, So, retirement home, mortuary, Uh, life insurance. Very close. It's investment for seniors investment for seniors that's a good one that's a cracking question there
1: good old geezer man. well i'm glad you like that one because the next one's kind of similar it's another list oh. so question oh, no. number 2 is what five antiques has niles recently acquired <laughs> civil war ramrod yes yeah, um, lesson about that
0: <laughs> a pair of toby jugs a pair of toby jugs indeed <laughs> um the turkish prayer mat Yes. Oh, what's the first thing? It needs to be it
1: needs to be Freudian. Um It's the one that Fraser says if it's another photo of your I don't wanna see it.
0: Oh. Another photo of your I'm just gonna say a candelabra. It's a Bedemeyer love seat. my one...
1: love seat. One item left.
0: Oh, could you possibly give me a vague clue? Uh,
1: it goes in the bed. (gasps) Ah, uh...
0: Like a Victorian bed warmer or something. Um, a, French, a French bed warmer. A French bed warmer. Yeah, they're really hours, weird yeah. looking. They are. They really scare me. Um, yeah, I don't
1: think I'd want to sleep in the bed with a bed warmer with I don't... sort of hot coal or anything in it. To yeah, sure, that's a fire hazard. That's yeah, very it. much
0: so. And I definitely <laughs> roll over in the night and scold my derriere. air. Um, but thank you very much, Steve, and thank you, the Trivia Cadre, for your questions this week. An absolute pleasure as always to answer those. Um, shall we jump into the review?
1: Yeah, can we start by just skipping over the entrance because the yes, opening scene is those goddamn balloons. Anyway, on to the review of Life onto, of the Party. <laughs> on to the
0: review. Uh, Steve, This I hope this question is not offensive to you. You're a young man. You are There's a spring in your step and you are basically 20 years old in my eyes. However, what I want to ask you is, have you started receiving any kind of geezer mail or tangentially related to geezer mail in some some form or another
1: i get a lot of mail for things like pensions or life insurance but i think that, that's having that a counts. mortgage. yeah having a mortgage you generally get that kind of crap through the door I'm not sure I'm at the age it's geezer mail yet, but yeah, investment stuff, you know, things to, have you protected your future? You know, and you yeah. think, oh, if I don't open this, am I going to die? You know, how am I going to pay everything off if I'm dead? Who cares? I'll be dead. You yeah, know? exactly. But, the, yeah, the sweet I mean, release. I, I presume you're still at the age, because you're quite a lot younger than me, that you still get the, do you need to take out a bank loan? <laughs> <laughs> possibly they give you money instead. They want my money to invest, but they probably want to loan you loads of stuff. They want to
0: give me money so that yeah. I can, you know, pay it back at extortionate interest rates. Um, but no, that's that's interesting to know. And I'd be I'd be I'd I'd love to see a pie chart of which percentage of our demographic that listen to this podcast do receive a mail versus don't receive. Because I reckon our average listener is probably about thirty to thirty-four, I I wanna say. That's what I reckon. That's roughly what I reckon, I
1: average.
0: Our yeah. average, yeah. I've got no evidence or data to go off on that, other than pure vibes. So In this please, mail,
1: please give us your age. We'd like to. Please know. give
0: us your age and your zip code and your social security number. Uh, I'm I'm joking. Please do not give us that.
1: Um, so,
0: for, uh, Martin is getting his haircut by Daphne here. I'm not ashamed to admit that I, since lockdown, continued to get my hair cut by my mom. And I think I've mentioned this on the we podcast. We have
1: spoken about it. Yeah. <laughs> we have.
0: It, it's a way to save some money. Um, Martin's not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. Um, but is this the first and only time that we see Daphne doing this?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I don't. I don't think Martin has another haircut in uh, ten or eleven years. Do you know what I mean? We, uh, <laughs> he
0: only, yeah. He only, gets
1: one, he only gets one batch of underwear because he thought he had a good batch. I mean, he's not going to get his hair cut that often, is he?
0: <laughs> it doesn't seem to grow at a particularly alarming rate. I mean, that's the issue with my hair. It probably needs cutting like every four weeks. Um, You know, if I went to a barber in the current cost of living crisis, it'd just be ridiculous, you know, but maybe he's someone who doesn't need to get it cut that often.
1: I'm starting to think that any listeners might actually have worked out why well, you didn't ask me a, uh, an opening question, because if it was going to be, have I dyed my hair, I haven't had hair in the <laughs> last 20 years, and Will probably felt embarrassed to ask that. Then the other one was, have you been to a singles party recently, and having been engaged for 13 years was also going to be a dud. So that's why we actually skipped the opening questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see, and other people don't have the, the beauty of this, because they're not on a video call with you, that your beard is definitely cinnamon sable. Um, and um,
1: it has grey in it. I haven't
0: dyed that, so... <laughs> no and that is a, just a real classic little touch there um yeah great delivery from martin cinnamon sable that's duke shade he'd scratch my eyes out because you do think he's genuinely being sincere i think martin or john mahoney's very good at that faux sincerity into sarcastic comment yeah. um i feel like we see that that setup quite a lot um what is fraser wearing he opens the door to, Mar- to Niles. He's got like a shirt and a really chunky kind of Valdunagan esque cardigan without sleeves. So the knitted
1: sweater vest, I guess. The sweater in a way, vest. Is a very Chandler Bing thing as well, though, isn't it? It, it is. Very friends. I will admit, in the 90s, okay, so I was possibly maybe 12 or 13 um, in the early 90s. <laughs> Gives away my age a bit more there. Um <laughs> I do remember having a blue checkered shirt that my mum and dad had bought me, and it had the knitted blue attached. No, 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 no. It wasn't attached. I didn't always wear it. You know, I could go uh... Just, uh, like casual or smart. Or smart. <laughs> so for a smart, I, I had to had to wear the knitted, yeah, knitted blue uh, waistcoat. Um, I, I think that. it was a '90s thing. the The knit knitwear was definitely a '90s thing for the uh, the sweater vest or the tank top, as the Brits would call it.
0: I think so. I just, I just, I, I wouldn't normally. I don't think anything, anything, any less of that particular outfit. But I just think, you know, Fraser Kelsey. He's, he's a man of a, a stockier build, and there's just something very, just kind of. There's a real presence when he's got that 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 thing on, and it just really grabbed my eyes, and not in a necessarily blazing way. <laughs>
1: I thought, as I spoke to you about it earlier um, at the start of the episode, I actually think it gives a bit more environment and atmosphere to 1901. It looks like he's, come he's home at home. Uh, taken the blazer off and gone, I want to be comfortable. I want to be warm and mm. so comfortable. Bit of knitwear. That's what I need. A little bit of knitwear, but not on the sleeves. Not that cold. The fire's not lit yet. Niles no. is coming over. He, he just looks comfortable. Do you know what I mean? He, he does he look so, comfortable. He's formal because he is a bit uptight, isn't he? Wearing his shirt and tie all the time. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think it actually creates quite a nice warm scene in in the in the apartment for once.
0: I quite I'm like it. I'm inclined to agree. I think it does add a coziness. And he has still got the kind of undershirt, so he's keeping it smart cash. Yep. But he's definitely comfortable and he's definitely cozy. Yeah. Um, I've said my second bullet point was almost a response to what is Fraser wearing. Perhaps that's why his date was so disastrous. Perhaps I'm doing him a disservice there. Perhaps the date loved the sweater vest. Presumably he didn't wear that to the date. Um, but yeah, he's not. He's not having a great time here. Um, Noel shows up to talk about his latest uh, antique acquisition great delivery from Frazier about do you not ever feel that all of this purchasing is sublimating your frustrated sexual desires um and you know I like you Freudians it's just I mean I think Frasier's got a point
1: here I think I think the fact that he then goes into so I'm just reading it again he says the Biedermeyer love it but then when he then says the Toby jugs and the less said about the uh civil war ramrod <laughs> the better um
0: I think sometimes a ramrod is just uh well I can't even make that slide
1: I just think You know, it yeah, and obviously you've got the comment about the uh, Turkish prayer rug. The uh, salesman said, "Whatever you pray for on it, well, it suddenly worked for the salesman."
0: (laughs) (laughs) So good. And we've just, I've just been watching. I'm watching Fraser with Charles concurrently, and we just watched about two nights ago, breaking the ice. And there's a very similar joke there, and it's like, "Oh, the fish will see him coming." Well, the salesperson certainly did. So we've almost got an exact,
1: you know, the
0: joke used again, still funny.
1: Fra- Frazier, the way he's coming up with these lines, um, moving on slightly, when Daphne starts going on about a bar mitzvah and how she went, and he said, we went to a bar mitzvah before, and the amount <laughs> of time she says that, I actually did plan to do this, and I can't do it as a joke without telling you that I was going to do it, was wait for you to have a speech, go, I oh, will? Oh no, never mind. Carry on. <laughs> I know, what, what would play. you
0: what would you have done if I just
1: carried on like Martin? <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't always work. <laughs> the little trick I picked up recently. <laughs> oh, well, no, oh, my train of thought doesn't always work. Doesn't always work. So I, um, so good. I think the fact that it's it's a bit like that time that Daphne's on the phone and he actually opens the front door, goes ding dong. Oh. There's the door, Daphne. I've got to go. <laughs> he so stand for a waffle, Kenny. He? he just he just wants to get out of every conversation, and I think Kelsey yeah. is the right person to do that. Yeah, yeah, completely agree.
0: Uh, what is it to which Fraser responds? We might as well just sterilise ourselves. Is it about wearing a headband or something?
1: Um, yeah, the says about going to a health club, That's and uh, they're going to have to wear the uh, tank tops, small shorts, and uh, matching headbands.
0: I I love a headband. I wear one sometimes when I run or play a sport because I I do sweat. I, my head sweats a lot. um I played tennis with a colleague a few days ago. He wore a, a headband whilst we played. Um, but would you I think wear the
1: matching ones with your brothers. When you i mean up?
0: probably not. I mean, we used to me and my brother used to get kind of Gary Neville and Phil Neville jokes anyway when we played football together. We don't even look that alike. um But yeah, I think maybe the matching headbands. We would just have to <laughs> sterilise ourselves um we now learn about marty parties and and martin's kind of pretty i don't know raunchy past here he's 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 no stranger to a singles party and you know presumably has has had quite a lot of luck at them but well, d- dare we get the timeline out again about where he would have had chance to be single
1: Corey, you can answer that i don't yeah. want to go down that rabbit hole again
0: <laughs> cory will dig out his martin timeline which at this point is as sacred to us as like the da vinci code um and he's gonna just see there is nowhere that martin could possibly have been single uh, long enough to enjoy success at a marty party so um,
1: i did like the uh I, I actually do like the line a lot when he says uh, do you know what we did when we were hard up for dates i don't know dad invade korea
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so so good so good. I love. There's a throwback, isn't there? Later on, when when Daphne has the kind of Asian American friend um, that Martin again is kind of making some kind of. It, there's there's crude allusions to his time in Korea there, um, which is, is that just, when,
1: yeah. Is that when Frazier says uh, it's not dating when you're an occupying force? That is
0: it, <laughs> which is a ph- phenomenal quote. Um, I th- I think the delivery of John Mahoney here when he says the wheat field oh. it's Probably the best delivery of a line in the episode. I just got a new jigsaw, ten thousand pieces. It's called the wheat field. The wheat field. He's so defeated when he says it. He's like given up before he's finished talking. It's
1: the way he's set out his plan for the night, hasn't he? We'll just stay here, have a drink. (laughs) It gets slower and slower. That dead delivery of the wheat field
0: it's so so good um cut then to not a marty party but a, a niles i'm trying to think of something that rhymes with niles that's also party related i should have thought this through um what isn't it bad isn't it sad when bad things happen to good sentences but uh ros is there to introduce her friend to frazier who i want to say is an evening wear or should I say, just kind of sleepwear? Because it, it's basically a nighty. Um, you know, I'm not here to critique what they're wearing, but she's wearing, you know, it. it she's
1: not, She doesn't look like the other women at the party, is what I'll say. It's about as appropriate as Annie's outfit she gets for her birthday in the ski lodge to go out it in. It
0: is. It is like Annie's outfit in the ski lodge, and it's just like, why? Whenever Frasier is hard up for love, do they have to get? women you know into incredibly skimpy outfits it's just like you know come on this lowest common denominator here martin's hair at the party any thoughts on his hair here it isn't cinnamon sable it's just from a can as seen on tv um if we had to describe the shade what would we go with I'm, i'm gonna say woodland brown
1: yeah i would go with hmm wicker basket tan oh i love
0: that uh does he does he pull it off and does he look younger is is the kind of operative question
1: i believe from seeing some photos of john mahoney when he first started acting that he did actually have brown hair and pretty much the same haircut most of his life if you look Mm. at young photos of john mahoney he has the same side parting the same sort of short sort of cut hair he's not changed a huge amount over the years um, I actually think the brown hair suits him. I think he, you know, I, I know that he did have a light brown hair when he was younger. So um, yeah, I think they've done a good job of it. Obviously, when it runs later, it's it's awful news for him and hilarious for us. But yeah, I don't, I, don't, I think he does look quite a lot younger. I wouldn't say he looks like Niles's brother, you know, but. <laughs> dad it's like <laughs> looking the mirror. <biggerer.
0: laughs> honestly yeah no i'm, I'm inclined to agree um, and it's interesting that you've seen those those younger pictures of, of, of john mahoney as well um they're kind of having that that kind of a younger young man look perhaps that's what they're going for in this in this kind of throwback air. um brilliant delivery of at what point would you like to acknowledge that we're waving at the same woman um when they realize that they're they're both courting the the illustrious vicky um who well, a great delivery of a line later when Frasier eventually asks her out, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, this, how often has this been used as an episode kind of trope? I feel like not that often, and I quite enjoy it when it does show up. There's obviously the one where they both think they're going for Regan or Poppy, vice versa. Um, yeah. the, the ski lodge has confusion, but any setups like this that come to mind?
1: um is there one in oh my god what one is it where frazier dates three women it's a three-day weekend three dates and a breakup that's the one mm. and niles i think fancies one of the women doesn't he and Fraser goes yeah. out, there's someone who's very taken with you and she ends up saying well tell your friend and gives him the card and obviously frazier takes the date so that's, it's a little bit similar with a the competition there but at the same time, Niles never really approaches her. You know, Frazier tries to do him a favour because he's got so many women queuing up to see him that, <clears> you know, he could throw one to his brother. Um, I did I did write down a line, actually, about this, and I don't know if we've gone past this point. Um, one of the women... I is it Vicky that says it to to Fraser, a doctor and such strong hands or something like that? Or is that the... I think that's Ros's friend... Because he, he then comments back, yeah, that's why you never see an unopened pickle jar at a Mensa meeting.
0: And then she just doesn't get it. So, like, huh? <laughs> um, I actually think the best kind of flirty joke is definitely Niles is when he's like how um, being a, when he says, well, they both came in handy when I cured the ham, basically oh, being a, a doctor and a chef. Um yeah. that's a phenomenal I mean, kudos to the writers, kudos to DHP for pulling it off. It's so, so good.
1: On that point, I actually wrote down Niles makes egg rolls. That's funny, because two episodes ago he couldn't cook and had to have Daphne's help.
0: That is very, very true. Suddenly very he's the chef. <laughs> Suddenly he's the chef to cuisine of the Montana. Um I I'm gonna say something maybe controversial here, and I would like listeners to dis you know disagree and, and please get in touch. I don't buy that that woman would be interested in Martin. Um she what is clearly he, she's clearly young, about really 20. Crazy. Yeah, she's cl- she's clearly cool. about 20 years younger than him. Uh but then the way Martin's like, what do you say? We get a drink, she's like, I'd like that, Martin. That'd be really nice, Martin. She says it in a way that we're, as the audience, supposed to believe the start of some feelings are there. Yeah. I don't. And Martin I don't
1: says, I'll have a beer then and sit back. Like <laughs>
0: Oh, there it is. And it just
1: kicks the, the earring towards I, her. I think I've lost an earring. Oh, there it is. Kick.
0: <laughs> just, <laughs> and
1: she's like, enjoy the party. It just leaves him. Um, that is, has that is got to be, I will pick now. That is my number one line is, would you like a drink? I'll, yes. I'll have a beer. Stands up, sits down and goes, I'll have a beer then. <laughs> it's just
0: phenomenal um and also just so excruciating because you know you know he's trying his best here yeah. um but, it's but after I'll... oh sorry sorry you guys do
1: oh sorry to interrupt you. i was gonna say i'd actually like to know was this written by the same person who wrote the episode with regan and, and poppy and purely because is it to thine own self be true with officer nasty you've got uh fraser handcuffed doesn't want to do something kicks the lettuce to regan when she drops all her shopping
0: yeah
1: the same awkward moment that martin just flicks his foot and frazier says oh well, let me get that i've got a bad back and just kicks the lettuce i wonder without okay with the podcast it doesn't do research i didn't look up whether that's so it just come to my mind um but it, was it the same writer or a writer that just went you know what that was hilarious in in the life of the party let's use that sort of kicking something across to the helpless woman again yeah um but yeah i mean that that moment that whole martin scene is just it kills me absolutely kills me it's so so good (laughs) anyway sorry you were (laughs) gonna say
0: (laughs) Well, no no i was just gonna say it was after that point we have the ham joke but martin looks like rudy giuliani (laughs) i'm gonna have to say that now um that joke will land obviously probably with with our american listeners but i think most people now know who rudy giuliani is after after trump and and whatever but the the, problem. yeah well the way the dolly is coming down his face it, it, he literally looks like really giuliani and it's just made me laugh so much um just imagining that seeing the picture of them side by side in my head was really killing me <laughs> um the delivery obviously they get interrupted now um fraser and vicky because ross's um uh, water's broke the delivery off camera of Niles saying, oh my God, what's all over my Turkish prayer rug? It's just absolutely just fantastic. Like even in a different room, he's capable of an amazing line delivery.
1: I actually made a good note on this, which is Roz's waters breaks on Niles' rug. Mm-hmm. And it's at a party at the Montana at Niles's. So can you think of when we found out when Ros was pregnant?
0: She's on the stairs of the Montana.
1: At a party at Niles's house, and there's a stain on one of the rugs from crab puffs that someone tramples in when everyone leaves his or or something happens. Another rug around Ros's pregnancy. Another rug gets ruined at the Montana. So Niles should really either take his rugs up or stop having parties because everyone (laughs) does something to his rugs.
0: That is a phenomenal little connection there. Thank you, Mr. Rugley. Uh, Mr. Mr. Rugley. Um that is
1: that is Rugley. <laughs> Rugley,
0: Rugley. Um, that's amazing. Um, we now cut to the hospital and obviously Roz is kind of in the process of labor. Um the cute picture of the Nixons getting married on the uh on the glossy magazines because they're very out of date. Um I think my nan my nan still kind of collects and reads those kinds of magazines and will occasionally drop them around to, to my mom if she wants to view them, but I don't think she does. But, I mean, when was the last time you flicked through one of these glossy mags that we have in the UK, Steve?
1: Probably the last time I was at a barber's having my hair cut, to be honest, Will. They
0: are always there, aren't they? That's a good place. To it's normally a story about Prince William, I find, on the front, or, or Beckham.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything, it's going to be, it's like time travel, isn't it? If you go into a barber's or a dentist's or a a doctor's waiting room, you're going to find a magazine from 30 years ago and go, Queen Elizabeth's had another baby. I don't care what they do with science. (laughs) That's what it feels like, isn't it? It really is what it feels like. You're just finding out news that happened 35 years ago.
0: That is exactly what it feels like.
1: Um, the delivery
0: they talk about now—the kind of her loss, you know—that kind of mantra. If if a uh, kind of pursuing someone doesn't go well, um, and then Niles or says, has that ever actually made anyone feel better? Um, I, I, it's a really good point. I don't think, whenever I was, you know, in this situation, I don't think that thought kept me warm at
1: night. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. It's, it's a bit like when. I don't know if you've been bullied or something like that, and your parents say, Oh, they're just jealous. You can mm. think they're just jealous or you like, but at the end of the day, what I'm still getting it bullied. Yeah, it's yeah. still worse, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, walking away going, Her loss is a way of boosting your own confidence and thinking, Well, I'm still perfect the way I am, and she's missing out on me when really you're not what you want. She's, you know, what you want. So mm. I did, I, I I, I keep saying this, I made a note. Um, But the last one that he does with the is it the nurse when she walks out and he says oh don't worry about her she's asleep and he goes what kind of monster are you when she walks out fraser does a little action which is noted down as a jack benny kind of style action which which kelsey's quite famous for doing quite a few mm. little jack benny impressions he's sort of i know listeners can't see but he does this sort of her loss
0: yeah and- it's,
1: it's exactly like what do you think i mean now it's that yeah. kind of delivery isn't it and and kelsey's admitted on several interviews that he did use you know certain um impressions and jack benny's obviously one of whether it's an inspiration to him or just a comedian that he likes or whatever but yeah that's a little jack benny sort of trope there that he sort of waves his hands in in that style so that's that's quite a nice little way to end the episode as well
0: yeah that is good that is good well um i'll talk about that in a sec actually because yeah i wanted to, to kind of past that weird interaction with that nurse
1: jumped over a bit there.
0: no 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 no. that that wasn't a slight, no because it it was it was well worth bringing up then um niles uh now kind of starting to deduce that he says someone left weird brown stains on my wing chair in approximately two minutes he's going to work out that it was martin um the delivery of daphne's what the hell happened to your hair i mean that is that is genuinely one it probably got the biggest kind of chuckle out of me of, of the episode i think it's just it's it's the what the hell i just yeah. think coming out of her mouth that's so it's so british in the way she says it i just think that's really good from jane leaves um and also just the fact that she was the one cutting his hair earlier it should be her to make the most cutting a comment of all no pun intended what? um there
1: you he, he couldn't use cinnamon sable because it had a woman's picture on the box. Oof.
0: Yeah, uh, that's just that. a classic Martin line. That is um, definitely. If he thinks he's got another chance with me, it's my sugar. Uh, <laughs> just using, you know, kind of just fantastic terminology learned from the man in the supermarket here. Um, so so good. Um, and yeah, Ross has spawned. She has yep. given birth to Alice May doyle and so the tectonic plates of the show have shifted forever thoughts
1: well i mean alice doesn't really appear in too many future episodes does she she does grow a bit character development for alice is very very minimal i mean it's pretty poor spoiler alert she has some pets that we learn about i think she has a hamster at one point they get a dog um alice is a flower girl at a wedding one day but other than that she has a very very minor role her,
0: her best use is probably with um what's the name of
1: the the bin man oh um n- n- not nigel the guy who killed patrick swayze and ghost
0: what? what's he called <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue roger roger um
1: be alice's voice Roger.
0: Roger, that's so good. But yeah, like I think her use with exploring that relationship is mm. good, yeah, because she's the kind of linchpin. But other than that, you are right; she's pretty
1: woefully used. Does Bulldog look after Alice a few times as well? I think he's brought into a couple of episodes. Yeah, of
0: like when he's he's really right. good at looking after her, and he uses yeah. it to try and seduce, well, to scare off other. He's the babysitter, isn't he? Yeah. and he scares off all the people coming to pick up Ross. Um, those that's good actually. There's a good episodes.
1: Yeah, but again, you know, this. it's a bit of development for Bulldog there. So I, I guess yeah, she does have a use, and she is well written into a couple of episodes. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a massive fan. I think I could do without Alice being there and not not really miss. She has
0: role. a use, what a what a flattering reduction of Alice May Alice May's life. Um like no blob person. <laughs> <laughs> but you are you are right. She she's pretty pretty poorly used by the uh by the writers but then did i want to see a load of ross daughter content not really i wanted to see ross back at kacl um yeah. which is what we get so i can't i can't complain uh lovely moment between Frasier and Roz. you know look at your face i've never seen someone so kind of utterly happy before and mm. you know it, it just shows the bond of their relationship which is just so wonderful and you know spoiler alert there's that controversial episode in many many seasons to come, which involving the two of them, which I do think is 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 pretty rubbish. Um, but their their relationship is amazing, and then episodes like Hot Pursuit are really good at showing the what could have been. Yeah, it should be left at that because that's amazing. Um, at, at least at this point in time, we've got this kind of special moment between the two of them, haven't we?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a nice little part where um, I think she says, oh, yeah, gee, I look lovely. And Fraser just looks at her and says, that's exactly what you look like. You look lovely. And he says, oh, Alice, I wish you could wake up and see your mother. And he looks at Ros and she's snoring. He goes, but you need your sleep and just puts Alice down. <laughs> like, you need your rest, you know. need your but, rest. But there is that point. I mean, I think they've made Perry Gilpin up very well there to look like a, a, I'll probably get hammered for this by saying it, but I think she looks legitimately like she probably has just given birth. And Mm. she has got that sort of radiant glow about a, a brand new mother. And she does look very attached to a newborn baby. And I think, Kelsey's delivery in that of, you know, how wonderful Roz looks and how proud he is of, of Roz as a character for giving birth. And she has done it alone. I mean, she hasn't got anyone with her. Rick's not about. Rick's parents aren't about. Um, And it's it's almost strange that no one's in there for the delivery, not even Daphne. They're all just out in the waiting room. Roz just gets taken in, has a baby, and then they all get five seconds to go in and see her. And then, considering the nurse at the end thinks Frasier is with her, She's quite happy to escort him out and say visiting times over. Well, if they're together, wouldn't you let the father stay? <laughs> She's like, no. Yeah, no.
0: and it's a good point about presumably she would have had like a birthing partner or Ros, yeah. Ros, Would Ros have chosen to go it alone? Is she that kind of person? She's very headstrong, but at, you know, childbirth would she maybe have wanted Daphne or Fraser there? Um, either
1: uh, either they thought this shows her as independent, or they thought you know what, twenty five years later, no one's going to look at this and think about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So it just said like Bugs Bunny was jumping oh, up and down uh, and your...
1: got <laughs> my phone going off. I got Tigger on the phone. So. <laughs>
0: that's so good. Um, yeah, and well, then finally, what kind of monster are you? Why doesn't Fraser just tell the nurse? He just needs to go, Oh no, she's a colleague of mine. Instead, oh, don't worry about her, she's asleep. Um, really? just it, it's it's phenomenal, but Fraser really does fumble here. He could he could easily spin this into a into maybe
1: a, a chance. Uh, uh, getting a
0: date with this nurse, but he he just acted um,
1: royally. Do you think you'd ever have the confidence to say to a woman? as obviously if you were single and you mm. saw a woman in, I don't know, in that situation. Someone else is in hospital, and you saw a nurse. Would you say, I see, we got some eye contact. You know, was there a bit of a spark? Can I maybe get your phone number? how forward is that and what uh, you got off contact with someone and that means you must like them maybe they just looked at you because they're a nurse and they're caring for people surely
0: honestly no I, and I think it's incredibly inappropriate I think you know there are there are kind of raised questions these days and it is a very different landscape these days about where it's appropriate to approach people and where it isn't I don't think a hospital is is an appropriate place I think yeah a, a bar on a Friday or Saturday night especially if it's like a singles bar then obviously that's absolutely fine because you know not everyone is going to be there looking for a date but that is a place people go to organically mm. try and find a meet cute um you know i'm trying to think there are, there are spaces that exist not online anymore um that you know it has to be feasibly okay and permissible otherwise human beings will never interact with each other in public yeah. again um well there are people out there that would argue it's never appropriate to do that um which is just you know Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but, um, you know, I'm just flagging that. So people might have their thoughts, but yeah, no, don't ever do this in a, it, in a hospital.
1: It just, it just, I don't think I can even imagine it. If you're in the supermarket paying for your groceries, you wouldn't get to the end, pay for the groceries, and then go, did our eyes meet? Maybe I could get your number. You don't know anything about her. <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't have a
0: notice the way you scanned that tin of baked beans uh did i a sense a spark there um yeah you just you can't be doing that you can't be doing that uh top 10 Stephen. is this in yours
1: it's, it's a lot of fun but it's not in my top 10
0: it's a lot of fun and it's not in my top 10 either uh do you want for actor
1: pick I think I've got to go for John Mahoney. I think Mm -hmm. every line he gives in this from cinnamon sable to I'll have a beer to it was a can that you spray on just everything he does. The wheat field. I think he delivers every line perfectly. I love Kelsey in this one as well, but John Mahoney is just that little cut above for me.
0: Absolutely. Bang on. I've gone with Martin John Mahoney as well. So, so good. Uh, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground and sponsored by cinnamon sable. Uh, What color, does he dye his hair? Are you privy to this information? Has he ever told you? Has he ever shown you
1: the cupboard in his bathroom? I have never seen what colour his hair dye is, but I believe he probably does use cinnamon sable, which is where Duke got the idea from.
0: Ah, they're drinking buddies. They they've bit of pillow talk, a bit of
1: talk at the bar. And whilst we are on the subject of Kennedy Burling, the yes. name you we're looking for. Was Christina Verico? Christina, if you're listening, thank you for making that image of Kennedy Burling and sharing it in Fraser Fan Club. And I know she's listening because she has thanked me for mentioning her, but I didn't say her name. Christina, thank you. For yes, image. thank
0: you for giving us what your impression of Burling is. And as we've already talked about, our own private Burlings, <laughs> he can be anything you want him to be. But if you want to start. That is a great place to look. So find that on Frasier Fan Club. Uh, all the remains is to play Whose Crane Is It Anyway before we jump over to Listen to Mal this week. And your word is
1: health. I would say that's Frasier when he says we could join a health club.
0: I think it's Niles that suggests the health club. Um Niles says we could join a health club to which Frasier responds, "Oh, there's a splendid idea. Yes, I can just picture the two of us, blah, blah, blah. So I've only got, according to KCL, one use of health, and it is Niles. Um, but you what? knew that you knew the interaction.
1: I'm sticking with my answer, I just didn't know which brother it was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was kind of I forgot when I wrote this. I was like, Well, we need to make sure our discussions don't land on the health club joke. And we got there, so you know, you, you were pretty much on the money. Um, shall we jump over to List of this week, Steve? Yes, I
1: believe you've sent it there we go, you have sent it to me. I have. Let's do this. Roz, who's our next caller?
0: Okay. Yeah. Listen to Mal this week. Uh, the Chameleon Song starts us off. Brilliant episode, guys. I've never been that keen on the episode. I don't find it offensive particularly. It just seems slightly sitcommy for me. This is about Roz and the schnoz. I provided the jingle. Frankly, I cringe a bit when I hear myself, but I'm glad some others enjoy it. I very much plan to add Steve when I get a chance. I always forget the Chameleon song is the author of the of the theme tune, which is what he's responding to there. Not only is the Chameleon song one of my favourite usernames of anyone who writes in, but the theme tune to this podcast is one of the greatest things a fan has ever given us. Um, and we are just immensely grateful. And yeah, whenever they have time to add Stephen's Steven's lovely voice, Then it will be complete.
1: Um, I presume with calling it the Chameleon song, he's probably actually just thrown it into the fireplace or off the balcony when he just thought he'd (laughs) he'd lifted it all from uh, Led Zeppelin. Dante.
0: (laughs) From Led Zeppelin. But yeah, thank you, Chameleon song.
1: (laughs) Entire Fishing says, thanks for the shout out, Mr. Egg. We're back on Mr. Egg again. Yeah. This was a legendary late night place to eat on Hearst Street in town. It opened late and served everything with eggs. There is a mu- mural dedicated to it in Grand Central Station now, next to one of the snobs.
0: Honestly, I'm so gutted that I've never come across this bit of Birmingham folklore before, especially as someone who eats eggs as religiously as I do. Uh, Mr. Egg sounds like an unbelievable place.
1: And- can you not go to Grand Central Station and get us a picture of the mural? <laughs> I don't. I've,
0: I go through Grand Central nearly, you know. Well, it used to be on a weekly basis, and I, I don't know where the mural is, um, but. We- hunt for mr egg (laughs) i will find it i will find it uh swan pippa writes in thanks for another podcast guys you two talk about inheritance and nature versus nurture physical and mental makeup is inheritance and learned from our environment and parents my aunt suffered from depression for as long as i knew her unfortunately she passed away 19 years ago her mother my grandmother as they used to say over here back in the day suffered from her nerves I myself at times battle with my mental health. I battled with anxiety. So you can say my mental health was inherited in my family genes. My father is overweight. Also, I am overweight. I didn't know that Dan Butler came out. You asked about physical, uh, physical imperfections. Mine is my weight. With the new premiership fast approaching, what are your hopes for Aston Villa this coming season? How do you think they will do? Until next time, thanks, guys. Well, firstly, Narl, thank you for being so open um, with your comments there about your own life and your own family's life and, you know, being open about mental health. When talking about Fraser is obviously amazing, but even in general is amazing as well. So, so, so nice of you that you feel comfortable sharing that. with regards to the Villa, well, we've just well, last I knew, we were winning four nil in our Europa Conference League playoff game, uh, first leg against Hibernian. It's it's it ended five 0 so bodes well for the second leg at Villa Park. Um, but I think we're going to do yeah, hopefully well this season. I'm not going to say we're going to win the champ, uh, you know, win the Premier League, but I think we'll
1: do okay. I think we'll be up there. Over to you, Steve. Ashley Two writes, another great episode, guys. Aptly enough, one thing I would consider fixing is my nose. I damaged the bridge during a childhood game of The Floor is Lava. And it is Excellent. painful if anything sits on the bridge for too long. But thankfully, I don't need glasses. One thing I used to dislike, but have come to consider part of me, is my tiny eyes. If I'm smiling in a photo, they are practically non-existent. Now I just joke that I look like the Pokemon... Cyndaquil. Bind-
0: Cyndaquil, I love Cyndaquil. They're always my favourite choice starter Pokemon. Uh,
1: a quick rule of thumb is a price in America 30 years ago is now double, so Roz's coffee would be $8 in today's money, which is a lot unless they're throwing in a generous tip with that. The mention of Mr. Egg did make me laugh. It was before my time too, but he's very much a local legend, much like Snobs but you can still see a homage to it at the ball ring. There you go. Mr. There
0: we go. And and I I am fortunately old enough to have lived and enjoyed snobs in all its glory. Um, So yeah, superb stuff. Uh, Road warrior 2000. Great episode, guys. I would like your thoughts on a few points. In my opinion the noses are ridiculously big, as in nobody or nose body has such a big nose. Do you think it was done so it came across as silly and not actually mean when fun was being made of them, rather than a couple of actors with larger than average noses that were really their own? That's a good question. Um, yeah. Rick's parents, as you both said, seem bloody lovely and clearly want to be a part of Alice's life. I struggle that they give their 20-year-old son a free pass to essentially abandon his parental responsibilities. I couldn't agree more with
1: that. That's absolutely spot on. Um, The first bit is I believe those noses were made stupidly large on purpose um, purely because they didn't want to go and find two actors that have got actually big noses because that's not just cruel to the actor, but it just seems stupid to make fun of real people. I think they made it... They made it sitcommy just to get the gags in. Someone obviously knew some fun jokes, and I think those those noses were were done on purpose. Yeah, Rick's parents. Yeah, they kind of let him get away with it, and then they disappear. We don't ever see them again. Um, yeah, who knows who knows where they are? You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice, good people, but it, yeah, it's it's not great. Frasier lectures everyone about ethics and responsibilities and gives Roz a bunch of crap, first not telling Rick he's the father, and then not wanting to meet his parents. But he lets Rick off the hook without so much as a strong talk or piece of his mind about his responsibility to Roz or Alice. Spot on again, Road Warrior. And finally, do either Rick or his parents get another mention? You just alluded to this, Steve. That could have made an interesting episode if later on Rick came back and tried to initiate some kind of role within Alice and Roz's life um, and their reaction to a delicate situation. That's not me giving Rick a free pass to show up later and be a parent, but interesting how it would have been handled versus everyone's original stance on him not being involved. Some really good food for thought there. This is a very silly episode, but it does throw up some pretty serious questions, I guess. So
1: yeah, really good. Uh, next up Rhapsody and Requiem greetings from the planet Fripton my sister and I started listening to your podcast a bit ago and I finally caught up there are a few episodes behind me and I'm not saying anything about writing anything about writing in so hopefully they'll wonder if this is me oh that makes me quite curious has the has the family member found out yet
0: are you listening
1: Anyway, I've been waiting and waiting to say that I absolutely love what you guys are doing here. I'm a big fan of podcasts with banter and Fraser adjacent banter is chef's kiss, so please never change. All this talk about top tens has made me want to make my own list, but after going through the episodes with you guys, they've become even more dear to me, and I can't just can't choose. Though I do have a do-not-watch list that consists of The Friend, roomful of heroes. Mm. The secondhand embarrassment I feel when I watch them is just too much. However, listening to your review of The Friend made it so much better and tolerable. I'm looking forward to the Your Heroes episode so I can finally enjoy that storyline, even if I don't rewatch the episode beforehand. I hope to contribute more comments and maybe even a question or two in the future. So watch out. Anyway, love you guys. Until next time.
0: Oh, lovely, lovely stuff. Um, finally, it's our boy MK. I'm a jeweler by trade, and this episode of the podcast was a gem.
1: Will, try as
0: I might, I've failed you. I did what I think was a pretty in-depth search, and I could not find any concrete evidence of who voices Marco in Roz and the Schnaz. I must now go look for the nearest piano that I can crawl under and be <laughs> at one with my humiliation. Uh, fun bits and trivia for Life of the Party. Second time Frasier and Ross have had something of a bombastic interaction over cherries. Here with Tina tying the ste- stem into a knot while the cherry was in Fraser's mouth, the other being the famous scene from Season 2, Episode 23, The Innkeepers. Excitingly, The Innkeepers is the episode that Charlotte and I are going to be watching this evening, and it will be her first time seeing The Innkeepers, so I'm excited for that. Uh, in addition, later, Frasier will tell Vicky his recipe for crepe's cateau, which includes branded cherries. Clearly, Fraser's avoided any cherry and brandy-based desserts, which require flambeing, such as cherries Jubilee.
1: How did we his... miss... oh, sorry, how did we miss the line, she's had enough of your crepe already? How did we not discuss this? Thank you. I know, I know.
0: Uh, at his Niley soiree, N- uh, Niles serves a buffet, which was very lowbrow for the Brothers Crane. Very true. Uh, and finally, the title card—it was either the wheat field or the sandstorm. Whilst clearly alluding to the puzzle Martin wants to put together, has another unintended connection. Fraser Japes at Nars's Civil War ramrod, and there was a rather notorious and bloody section of the Gettysburg battlefield that's simply known as the wheat field. That is the kind of knowledge that we pay MK the big books for.
1: This, as as it follows MK, I'll just read you two bits of trivia that come up on IMDb about this episode. And the first one is, during the week that this episode aired, Jane Leaves also appeared as Marla Penny in the final episode of Seinfeld. Because she is in a, a first episode, but she is in the final as well. Mm. So that's quite an interesting one. And as he mentioned scene cards, which has brought me to this, the Act 1 Scene 2 title card reads, Does he or doesn't he? This is a reference to a 1950s-60s advertising campaign for Clairol hair colouring. Does she or doesn't she? Only her hairdresser knows for sure, was the tagline.
0: Nice. Excellent it's stuff. Thank you start. very much, Steve. Uh, next week, um, we will be back with Season 5, Episode 23, party party keeping the theme going here it's really interesting that they had two party titles back to back always and two party based plot lines back to back which I've always found interesting um, so excited to dive into that but other than that I've been Will and I've been Steve and thank you very much for listening to We're Listening
1: Hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs oh man And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs Ha, 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 ha But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs